Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. Of course, you guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I kind of want to just run through some short news and notes things that I have found over the last couple of days, been skimming through the athletic, been working on uh, you know our rankings and our projections at sportsgrid.com, which you guys can access for free. So we are 24 hours out now from. Uh, Leonard Fournette being cut from the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've had a chance to get a practice in without Leonard Fournette there. And kind of the available information, what what we know right now is that uh, Devin Ozigbo does seem like he is pretty clearly the week one starter, you know, quote unquote starter at the running back position. You know, granted, these are the Jaguars are going to be a team that even, you know, on the road against the Colts, they definitely are going to be considered, you know, pretty heavy underdogs to win that game. So we're going to see Chris Thompson as the primary third down back. We are going to see loads of Chris Thompson on third down, loads of Chris Thompson in the red zone. But in terms of kind of the like-for-like like replacement, uh, John Shipley on Twitter noted that Ozigbo could get some decent week one run because Armstead, Reichel Armstead, has really not been at practice. He, he's gotten some practices in. Uh, I was actually under the impression that his absence from practice right now was extended to his time on the COVID list, but it seems like what happened is the week of August 24th, Armstead was back at practice and is now missing practice again because he had has, I don't know, the allergies or the flu or something. He has a non-COVID-related illness uh, per the Jacksonville beat writer. So uh, if you are drafting right now, I would definitely not aggressively be pursuing uh, Reichwell Armstead. I think that you can take Devin Ozigbo in kind of that 12th or 13th round range. I think the issue you're going to see with Ozigbo is um, this is going to be a really heavy rotation backfield. Ozigbo is not, you know, kind of that physical profile that we expect him to turn into a league winning player, uh, eat into Chris Thompson's work on third downs. You know, I think if, if there's one Jacksonville running back, I'd be targeting now and over the next uh, 11 days until we get to the end of all fantasy football drafts. I know there are a lot of leagues that still draft after that third Thursday game. Um, I would I would definitely be targeting uh, I would definitely be targeting Thompson uh, the most. Moving on now, uh, we had a San Francisco 49ers scrimmage, and I think that the biggest thing that we learned, well, there are two things that we really learned from that scrimmage. So the first is that Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel all did not play 
with the first team offense. You know, Kittle just kind of a veteran rest, and then Ayuk and Samuel not ready to go yet. And uh, you know, I thought maybe we would get some some puff stories on uh, you know someone like Trent Taylor. I thought maybe Kendrick Bourne would end up being one of the guys that did really well. Uh, but in that scrimmage, the the most targeted player with the first team offense was 49ers tight end Jordan Reed. I think he is now entered in the realm where you can take him in the last round of your best ball drafts. I think that he is a guy that, for example, in the Scott Fishbowl, I think that he is a guy worth adding. I think that he's actually really comparable to someone like um, Logan Thomas, where he is pretty much all upside, and you're going to know after week one if you are, you know, if you are going to want to draft him or if you are going to feel more comfortable, uh, you know, going a going a different direction, cutting him and uh, cutting him and moving on. So Jordan Reed uh, kind of going to enter into that uh, that next that next uh, realm of guys. Uh, we do have an update on the Bengals wide receiver situation. This is one that uh, that I think really matters for best ball, especially for Joe Burrow best ball teams, because he's very easy to backdoor stack. And uh, what we've gotten from the athletic, uh, Paul Denner, who is the Cincinnati Bengals beat writer there, uh, reported that Auden Tate has basically been the best player at that position. So at that X wide receiver boundary position opposite from AJ Green, Auden Tate has pretty much uh, won that role, right? So, so if it was just based on play in training camp and there was no, uh, you know, there was no draft pedigree playing into it, then Auden Tate would just project as the 16 week starter. However, uh, because T. Higgins was drafted so highly by the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, it's probably going to be a rotation at that third wide receiver slot. So I actually think for best ball, Auden Tate is a pretty good value. I think for teams that are going super heavy on running backs to begin the season. So if you start your team, uh, let's say you go Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, James Conner, DeAndre Swift, Ronald Jones, like you are just, you're just a big high T drafter. I think that Auden Tate is going to be a guy who's going to comfortably kind of rank in that wide receiver three and four range to, uh, to begin the year. And T. Higgins to me seems like, uh, you know, kind of like a DJ Shark candidate where I really don't think we are going to see much of him in year one. And he's going to be a guy that we are drafting for upside um, next season. But yeah, th- I, I think that that definitely does matter. And also, I think that Tate playing that role is kind of solid for Joe Burrow's fantasy outlook because they're they're saying like look we're trying to score points right now we're trying to put our best guys out on the field right now you know we're not uh we are not trying to we're, we're not trying to wait around right like we uh we we want to play our best guys now we want to score a lot of points right now so i definitely so i definitely think that that matters we have uh yet another update on jonathan taylor uh from the athletic where uh the team is actually expecting him to be a larger contributor in the passing game he uh jonathan taylor actually caught a touchdown pass in the colts second scrimmage and to me i think that this is basically sort of the uh i think that this is basically sort of one of the biggest movements that we can have in preseason fantasy football where uh we we are able to create a differentiator between Jonathan Taylor, Todd Gurley, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell before the injury, Leonard Fournette, where 
you know, I actually think that Jonathan Taylor, if we can comfortably project him for something like, you know, let's say uh, 45 receptions, and then, you know, we basically are saying like, but even by, by projecting him for that much, we're saying, okay, well, you're going to beat out Marlon Mack straight up. So I, I think that, uh, I, I think Jonathan Taylor, you can take him in the second round. I think you could take him, you know, 18th overall or something like that. I really don't think that that would be, um, a, a stretch at all. I, and in fact, Taylor is a guy that I'm starting to think of as, you know, I, I'm probably too light on him. Like I probably need to take more of him in these best ball drafts over the next several days. Uh, for example, if I was picking, uh, if I'm up on the clock in the FFPC main event, right? If I'm, if I'm picking in one of these high stakes leagues, I definitely think that Taylor is a guy that I am comfortable taking at like 209, 210. And I would not have thought that before getting these reports from training camp that he was going to start catching the ball. I mean, you know, we, we need to learn as much from these scrimmages as we can. We're not getting any preseason games. You know, we're not we're not going to know. We're going to be really surprised by a lot of stuff week one, but I don't want to be surprised by Jonathan Taylor catching passes. We do have to say rest in peace to a zero running back sleeper. Uh, maybe, maybe not rest in peace, but uh, Peter King has basically said that, well, we've gotten a couple different reports on on Darrington Evans. So I'm going to do, I'm going to do the fair and balanced thing here. First off, he has not practiced in eight days. So he hasn't been able to take a part in scrimmages. You know, we've heard that he has had trouble with fumbling, you know, basically, and, and really has not been able to fill in kind of that Dion Lewis esque role where he's really safe. He's really dependable, you know, a very solid blocking back, a very good, you know, strong hands able to work in the passing game. So that's, that's one part of it. And that, definitely does worry me because we want to draft Darrington Evans as a, we want him to have a little bit of standalone value, you know, where maybe you could think he could get six to eight touches on kind of a a random weekly basis, but then also have this massive contingent value. And what we're hearing from the Titans themselves doesn't actually make it seem like that's super likely. However, NBC Sports Peter Kings wrote, uh, you know, in his in his weekly column that he does on Football Morning in America, that he thinks that Darrington Evans has a chance to be the poor man's Alvin Kamara, and so I, I think right now we're, we we kind of have to put Evans in that like David Johnson rookie bucket, Nick Chubb rookie bucket, where maybe we have him right now, uh, maybe you were able to stash him pretty deep on your bench, but he definitely is going to be a second half of the season guy. I don't think that there is. I don't really think that there's any way that we are going to want to uh I don't think that there's any way that we are going to want to start him in, you know, the first couple weeks of the season at all. We do also have another small update on JK Dobbins. Uh so you know, Coach John Harbaugh said that Dobbins is going to have a significant role, though Mark Ingram does remain the starting running back for the Ravens. Uh, as Harbaugh said, confidence plus coachability plus talent, that's a pretty good combination, and he's got all of that. Sort of my thinking on Dobbins would be best case scenario for him is he goes on kind of a Miles Sanders-esque run where the starting running back, Mark Ingram, either gets benched or gets injured, and then 
basically, you have a starting running back in J.K. Dobbins in what is going to be the best running offense in football. You know, no offense is going to project better on the ground than the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they'll probably score the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL. They will probably, you know, be far and away the most efficient rushing team. I was kind of shying away from Dobbins in drafts for a while. But for example, you know, I now think he's going in a pretty profitable range where you can take him, you know, over Devin Singletary, over James White. And certainly we would prefer Dobbins to Marlon Mack, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, Carrion Johnson, Tariq Cohen, Tevin Coleman. You know, we definitely would want, we definitely want him over all of those guys. And I don't even think that it is, uh, I don't even really think that it's particularly close. So definitely something to keep an eye on. You know, I think that he is uh, more profitable now than he had been for large stretches of the offseason where we were having to draft him. You know, there was a time when you had to draft J.K. Dobbins in the fifth round, and that time is gone. Lamar Miller has been activated from the physically unable to perform list. Um, so now in, in, the backfield for the Patriots. We have Miller, who's active and on the roster. Sonny Michelle, who's active on the roster. Damian Harris, obviously, who is active on the roster, though he was inactive for many days uh, last week. Then we have James White. Uh, and then, of course, Rex Burkhead as well. And uh, I don't know, you know, I do not know for sure, obviously, if uh, Lamar Miller is going to be on the week one roster, right? He, he very much, you know, might get cut. But if he is active, especially if he is active for uh, that first week, I don't. I think the only Patriots starting running back who you or or Patriots running back period who you can start week one is going to be James White, and I, I think that you know. Burkhead, Damian, Sony, all of those guys are going to have their role, but I think the only one that you are going to feel comfortable starting is going to be uh, is going to be James White. Of course, some of the biggest news over the last week, though, is that Alvin Kamara has not been at practice, and it's supposed to be contract related. He's sitting in the final year of his rookie deal. Christian McCaffrey got extended. Derrick Henry got extended. We have heard uh, Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook also kind of agitate for new contracts, though at the same time, we have also seen Leonard Fournette get cut in the final year of his contract. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I actually think that Kamara has a decent chance of getting paid by the Saints. They are all in on a Super Bowl run this year. So they have Jameis Winston on the one-year deal. Obviously, Drew Brees is kind of, you know, uh, he, he threatens to retire at any point, you know, really, we, we just do not know uh, when and if Drew Brees is, is going to be done playing. They have a bunch of defensive players on one year's contract. So I actually think, can we be a little bit worried about this in drafts? Yeah, like, like for example, uh, I just was doing a drafters best ball fantasy championship draft last night. I took Clyde Edwards Hilaire over Alvin Kamara. I think those guys play really similar roles anyways, you know, basically where you're just expecting them or hoping that they are able to score a bunch of touchdowns in, you know, kind of limited playing time. So is Alvin Kamara going to get paid? I think he probably will. Is Alvin Kamara going to miss any game time? I think probably not. Maybe you can feel a little bit concerned about it. Maybe you can move Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Dalvin Cook, whoever, uh, over Alvin Kamara if you're drafting right now. But like, for example, if you have Kamara in Dynasty or something, I certainly do not think that. Uh, I certainly do not think that you need to be tilting your face off or, or making alternative plans or anything like that. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is probably not going to make 
make the team's season opener, but is also probably not going to be placed on the physically unable to perform list. And I think that is, that's got to be considered huge news because of how thin their their wide receiver group is. You know, so Jalen Rager is out for the first month of the season. Uh, kind of seems like uh, the starting wide receivers week one for the Eagles are going to be Deshaun Jackson, Arcega Whiteside, and John Hightower. Hightower, a pretty interesting deep dynasty sleeper. If you are out there in 30 man leagues or anything, like if you have, if you have roster spots with 30 guys, I think that Hightower is probably worth an ad. Would not surprise me at all, by the way, for Jeffrey to miss the first couple weeks and then have like come back and have six straight weeks where just because, you know, Jalen Rager is not quite ready yet that Jeffrey comes back and is a a really strong wide receiver to option. Uh, Finally, DeAndre Swift has returned to practice on a limited basis. He missed more than a week of practice with a leg injury. Uh, Matt Patricia said this was legitimately concerning, said that the team was going to kind of work him in upon return. Uh, All of that says to me that not only is Kerryon Johnson going to be the starting running back week one for the Lions, but also Ty Johnson is probably going to get some third down snaps and maybe we'll even see a little bit of Bo Scarborough, though Scarborough himself has also been injured and not been at practice. So Swift to me does really seem like a league winning player, but the way in which he goes about those those league winning statistics is going to be a lot different because I just I just really think that we're not going to see much of him. Uh, we're really not going to see much of him in the first month of the season, you know. So for like week one DFS, uh, FanDuel, and DraftKings, I think the carry on right now definitely projects as a value. We have no timetable for return for a minor, minor Devontae Parker injury. Uh, It's uh, described by the beat writers as a minor ailment, kept him out of practice for uh, a couple days. Brian Flores said he's working out every day to get back out there. Very weird uh, to not know exactly what is going on with Parker. Also very strange because their uh, wide receiver depth chart is just, I mean, could really it really does not get any more barren than the wide receiver depth chart with all the guys they have opting out. You know, I think that if Devontae Parker didn't play, Mike Gesicki and Preston Williams would kind of end up being their number one and two in targets, though it really uh, would not surprise me if if we're having to make some futile waiver claims, you know, for the likes of Jakeem Grant, uh, Isaiah Ford. And I and I think that just as with with not knowing so much of this stuff due to the due to the covid nature um of what's going on and and not having as much access to these guys i think that maybe you need to think about uh, having a replacement option for Devonte Parker, you know, I, I do not think that it's locked in stone that he is going to play in Week One. So I definitely would keep that in mind. Finally, we have us. Uh, we have some good reporting. We have some very good reporting on our boy Andy Isabella. Uh, Kyler Murray said, I love, I love playing with Andy. I love when he's out there. You know, we love, we love to hear that. Definitely. We, uh, we want to know, we want to know that Kyler wants to play with him. And then more importantly, Cliff Kingsbury told, uh, reporters after practice last week, I have to do a better job of expanding Andy Isabella's role and finding ways to get him on the field. There actually is a whole profile of Andy Isabella 
up on the Arizona Cardinals website. You guys can find it if you just Google Andy Isabella uh, under the under Google News. I think that it's a I think it's a pretty cool article, and I think that it kind of explains the problem of getting Isabella in the lineup in a really tactful way, which is basically. You know, it's hard to bench Larry Fitzgerald, who is this great longtime player. He's been with the organization forever. He's a lock Hall of Famer. And it's I think it's hard for a new coach in Cliff Kingsbury to look at him and say, look, uh, we know you're we know you're really good. We know you're a Hall of Famer, but, you know, we got it. We got to start limiting your snaps and playing our boy. Andy Isabella more often like just imagine 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 trying to have that conversation with imagine trying to have that conversation with Larry Fitzgerald as a head coach you know I just I don't think uh, I don't think that that would be a super easy conversation to have so I'm hoping that things go the right way for Andy Isabella at least we know that the organization is feeling that way a little bit you know that they are are wanting to get him on the uh wanting him to to be on the field so that was just kind of a, a quick news and notes roundup of everything we have going on i know that i find shows and and articles like this useful because uh you know we're, we're not all computers we're not all we're not all grinding you know every single uh, athletic beat report that comes out so hope this was useful hope this was helpful uh everyone you know keep drafting use the free projections and rankings that we have up on uh the website right now at uh, at sportsgrid.com and uh yeah good luck let's keep grinding boys build digital first customer relationships with salesforce digital 360 connect every marketing commerce and digital experience on a single platform innovate fast with easy to launch sites campaigns and apps that's more relationships more revenue more return and more success salesforce digital 360 hear from our customers at sfdc.co digital 360